What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello. Welcome once again to Free on the Inside. I'm your host, Minister Joy Lewis, and you're listening to another great episode of Free on the Inside. I want to thank you. Wish you Happy New Year. This is the first show of, of the new year of 2018. I'm so glad to have a great guest on this one. I'm glad to continue this, this line of communication. I God has been uh, doing this, uh, what we're doing for a number of years here. We have a great guest that's on this morning, but before I do it, I'd like to uh, invite you and your friends to be a part of this great show here. The call-in number, you too can call in and speak to our guest. That number is 310-982-4126. And you can call in and just say hello to guests and voice your opinion. Uh, this show is uh, sponsored by Granite's Place Ministry, a ministry to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be all you could be. Uh, without any further delay, I am so honored and pleased to have our guest on the line with us this morning. Our guest is an unknown community grant writer, a gun prevention strategist, and he hails from the great city of Chicago, Illinois, and now living in Atlanta in the Metroplex area. He's currently developing a class action lawsuit against the Department of Justice. I'm going to say it again, against the Department of Justice for race discrimination and silencing the voice of black faith-based communities to address the issues of gun violence that plagues this great country of ours. I would like to introduce to you this morning our first guest for 2018 on Free on the Inside, Joe Lewis. He's a program director for Project Alpha. Uh, and the next voice you'll hear will be my guest this morning. Brother Joe Lewis, I first would like to thank you for that very humble introduction and to know that I have the, the same namesake as yourself. And the first thing we did when we introduced ourselves, I asked you about your name. What does it mean? And, you know, we, we just took off from there. So with that, I am honored to be a messenger for a radical change within the African-American community, um, but we must first face the obstacles, the almost insurmountable obstacles. I did say almost, you know, to keep us perpetuating in this state of food for a system that preys upon our inability to raise the masses to a new level. And let's start with the reduction of gun violence in our community. Oh, that is so true. That is so true. And, now, and you're in Atlanta, I'm here in Dallas, but yet that gun violence seems to be plaguing our community, our nation. And you're standing in the gap. You're trying to be a hurler and trying to make a difference of what's going on. So come on, talk to me. Encourage me. That I'm not well, in this by well, myself. From, from the very beginning, Brother Joe Lewis, we have to look at that there is an equal and opposing opponent to prevent the voices of our community to initiate a strategy and then implementation of that strategy. And sadly to say, it is African-American leadership. These guys who sit at the mantle as gatekeepers, if you're not in the, the, uh, the, the celebrated clique of inclusion in this group, then you might as well be hurling a mighty, mighty, difficult task. But God tells us that if you are able to hold your faith, then you will eventually get your message out. So let me get specific with you and, and get to the, 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 the crux of the matter. In, in our class action lawsuit, we discovered that there has been a long in position posture by the United States Department of Justice that African-American faith-based legal entities do not participate in the process of selecting their ideals to be disseminated in the community to make our community safer. Guns are 
a way of life. But the strategy from within the think tank of our community has been totally absent. So when you yes. submit an application to the, to the Department of Justice, you'll realize that the Department of Justice only funds a, a specific of funding activity. And that funding activity is, is protected by peer reviewers within the Department of Justice. So when this rare opportunity for individuals to submit these applications go through, what you see is that the mindset of the peer reviewers control the entire focus of the African-American's effort to participate in the only and major funding initiative to address gun violence reduction in town. So you got to go through them. So when they discharge your application, they have to have just cause for the dismissal of your application. Now, we have um, site locations in Dallas, Texas, Chicago, Atlanta, and in Florida. So this collaboration, uh, Brother Joe Lewis, it's not just a single mom pop. It's many mom pop nonprofit organizations, legal entities. So the Department of Justice has to give us a valid reason for the rejection of our thoughts to deal with our problems within our community to address gun violence reduction. And you know something? And you can ask the next question from here. They absolutely was 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 in a position to just say we don't even recognize your uh, entry into the grants.gov system, and that's what this lawsuit is about: exposing the discriminatory practices that the Department of Justice wholesalely implement on our community, and we have no representation from our political leadership to fight for us. And that's what this show is about: to expose that 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 unbalanced that needs to be exposed. I am so glad you brought that up. What can we do at the grassroots level and the mom and pop that's in our community? Uh, what can we do to address this issue and bring it to the forefront through our uh, leaders? Well, well, well first of all, uh, the Honorable Bernice Johnson, um, I am not saying that she is the culprit. I am saying that the, the, the administrative staff is responsible for her to be aware of the Dallas community's desire to be heard when they submit their ideals in, into um, uh, a political venue to address a social issue. We are, we are at siege in our community. So if, if, if we can get to... Congressman Johnson, with all of the, the, the issues that are facing her uh, on a daily basis, you've got to make room for the individuals who are leading the Vanguard initiative to address gun violence in Dallas. And we have to replicate that in Chicago, where you have Danny K. Davis, you know, and Bobby Rush. These are long-term standing political uh, uh, figures in our community. But when you look at the years that have gone by, in only I am only concerned about the reduction of gun violence and the resistance that the few faith-based organizations have when they submit their ideals. If there is a discrimination, let it be a congressional inquiry. Let us collaborate. And so we start with Congressman Bernice Johnson. Then we move it to Chicago where we talk to the chief of staff so that we can get to the head representative of that congressional community. Then we take it on down to Hank Johnson in Atlanta, Georgia, you see. And we ask for an inquiry as to what's the deal with our ideals submitted into this system, and they're not even being recognized as entering the system. This sophistication of taking our ideals and taking our, our desires to be part of the solution must end. And if these political entities are not responding to us, we got to get them out of there. 
That is so true. That is so true. Now, you tell us that we need to take this to the ballot box and also address it to our leaders and stuff. We need to have organizations stuff at the grassroots level to address, uh, keep this on the forefront of our leaders and their representatives and they and and they associates to let them know what's going on and to and do something about this. You, that's absolutely correct. So again, you said, "What can we do?" I think for at the end of this of this radio announcement of moving forward, we have to have a connection to the office of Bernice Johnson. Then we ask for this connection to be extended to the location where other um, um, crime prevention spots are in Chicago where Pilot Project Alpha is situated. We're situated in Dallas. We're situated in Chicago. We're situated in Georgia, Atlanta, and we're situated in Kissimmee, Florida. So if you get those political pundits involved or at least knowledgeable of this, let us find out why the Department of Justice rejects our application. This is not coming from no well-read uh, grant-writing firm. This is from our people, from the minds of the black community. And who else better can serve the needs of our people to deal with the reduction of a mal-condition of the mind that takes the lives of our community than our own people and the monies and resources that are available to us? Based on your experience and your knowledge, what is causing this uh, epidemic of black violence and gun violence in the lives of the of black community with our young people? And what are you doing as, Lewis, a, as a ministry to address those issues? Joe Lewis, quite simply, the the development of the young nonprofit organizations of today are missing the key ingredients of the elders with the foresight and wisdom to move directly into the community. Now, we talked about earlier how technology has been such a vehicle for us, for you and I to be talking. Here, I'm in the Atlanta metropolitan area. you in Dallas, Texas, but we're talking live right now through technology. And this technology has not been used to the best means in our community. So when you're talking about how can we reduce this, you got these young groups coming up now. They're involved in marches and protestings and candlelight vision, which is fine. But we need to have an extension of this mechanism, and it is called development strategy for full deployment to conduct clinical trials just like you're trying out some type of, of, of new medicine to, to be released, it has to go through clinical trials. We don't even conduct con clinical trials of social behavior in our community. And so the boldness of the thinking has to be put in part with what is mainly implemented in our community now, and that is doing blogs and doing the various um, uh, protesting and marching and having police officers um, uh, um, discipline for acts for which they complete. And occasionally you will get uh, the victim of a police activity uh, rewarded, their family rewarded. It generally is a case of 2 to $3 million. But that does not solve the problem for the masses. So no, it if these, No, it doesn't, not at all. So if we're able to, to devise communication, we have to take our issues internally, because internally lies the continuation and the perpetuation of a, of, a, of a move that does not go into the heart of our issue. We surface rounding. We only rally when people are injured, hurt, they're dying. But the actual preventative, Joe Lewis, let me say that again, the preventative measures that is what is missing, and some organizations will buck you. They will ostracize you. So we have um, forums like we are doing here right now, and I just proposed a strategy. 
And that is let us get with Congressman Bernice Johnson. Let us go to her staff, her chief of staff. Hold them accountable to raise the issue. If there is discrimination practices taking place in the Department of Justice, we need to expose it. And, and the, our recent grant application is a model of this discriminatory practice towards faith and community-based organizations. They do not call our initiative national in scope. What you say? You're, you're telling me that if we have collaboration in Dallas, Texas, Chicago, Atlanta, or Florida, it's not national it's in scope to address gun violence? And, and on the other hand, Joe Lewis, I would be remiss to say this. The NAACP, the International Association of Police Chiefs, and Yale University uh, have collaborated in a $7 million three-year project to uh, 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 um, analyze the, the effects of gun violence in our community. And when you're looking at these three organizations, it behooves me why the NAACP, for which I am a member of and I try to collaborate with, with them, why they took to the route of not including the voice, the, the consciousness of the faith-based community for which we represent, they took that $337,000 dispersed over three years, and they just said, to hell with us, because they were trying to get their agenda moving. And if a person has an agenda, they're not trying to collaborate in the agenda. I had to get these facts from the, um, from the Department of Justice uh, when they give you the freedom of information. And so I followed them. We have to track them, just like when there are allegations of, of, of sexual misconduct and so forth. If a person raises those allegations, then those allegations have to be investigated. We have to, Minister Joe Lewis, raise the allegation of racial discrimination over the African-American submissions into the grants.gov system and then hold congressional inquiries as to why this ugly manifestation continues to exist. And if it is found that it has compelling grounds and evidence of such discriminatory practices, then we must remove them. And if there are leaders, political leaders, long-standing career African-American leaders who perpetuate this, remove them too. And you but said remove them, that means going to the ballot box. I mean voting. That means making oh, an effort to pull them absolutely. out of there. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. That's where it comes back to it. And I'm glad you brought brought that out because as we get more involved in these things here, we have power in the vote, but we also got to be active. I love what you said, uh, uh, you know, uh, setting out a strategy, being specific about the things that we want to do. Right now, we're we're not together on a lot of things. And so how do we form this togethering? One of us, out of the masses of the black diaspora, have to have concrete evidence of a practice being deployed on our people. And I submit to you, Minister Joe Lewis, that we do. Our application was submitted in 2016, and the rejection of the application gives us rise and reason to suspect foul play. Allegations of loan does not make it right or wrong, but it does demand an investigation. So if we can get Bernice Johnson, if we can get Hank Johnson, if we can get um, uh, Danny K. Davis and, and Bobby Rush, all who have, well, let me say, some who have lived on the laurels of their history, their history is just that. If it's not concurrent and relevant to the day, if it's not trying to deal with how do we go into a strategic community have these clinical trials of being able to bring a group of people and at the end of that clinical trial that there is not one gunshot, that there is not one element of disorderly behavior 
Don't say I'm a dreamer. Say I'm a strategist. I believe that we can deploy this, and that's what the Pilot Project Alpha submission into the grant.gov advocated. And in that advocation, we were totally dismissed, totally without a political advocate. But because of this radio show, we raised the issue again. And we're going to continue to raise the issue because it's a valid point there, and it's something that needs to be done. Now, tell us some more about this Project Alpha to encourage our listening audience to be involved in it and just the branches that are located throughout the country. Let them be a part of it also. Well, to just to, just to capsulize, the Pilot Project Alpha began uh, during the reign of the late Honorable Harold Washington. Um, during that time, he developed this, project called the Chicago Intervention Network. But the thing about it, it quickly became so politicized that it was dismantled and the possibility of it being truly effective as an intervention network, you know, went to the side. So I was a volunteer at the time. And so um, after the conclusion or during the conclusion of my mediocre boxing career, the Lord sent me into this volunteer area. So I learned the, the, the nuances of grant writing. And so the, the Chicago Intervention Network is, a, is, is, is the, one of the forerunners that helped the Pilot Project Alpha series. And the Pilot Project Alpha series is an employment. It is a crime prevention instrument. It is an information discernment tool to address those individuals who don't drive cars, but they'll drive a car if they can carjack you. They don't have <laughs> jobs, but if they get money to stick up somebody, they will do it. But who are they doing it to? This is black on black. And yes. there is no instrument, Brother Joe Lewis, there's no instrument that deals with how do we self-medicate um, um, ourselves from the 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 effects of the terror, the community terror that we inflict upon ourselves. These systems know this. So the Pilot Project Alpha series was meant to be tailored to a particular community setting. It's, it's developed to be deployed outdoors. It's developed to agitate uh, positive engagement with police officers because if you do not have the law enforcement community, you will potentially have mayhem and disorder. And that's the, what you see when you have these house parties, when you have clubbing, when you have the, 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 the normal effects of leaving people onto themselves. But if there is a reiterating focus of information, education, and purpose, you can extract people to join your campaign. And that's what the government seems to be against because when we submit our ideals into this system, this system rejects us, and we want to know why. We you know, know what? You're saying a lot of things, there, Mr. Lewis, and I got to thinking about I do jail ministry, I do juvenile ministry, and things are likened into people's lives, young and old, is that education, that hope for a future, and hope to be re educated to be uh, reconfirmed in our community. And you said some things that are valid and some things that are necessary for the black community and for community as a whole. You know how we have to put things in place as community leaders, as community activists, to allow people to overcome their shortcomings right now, the things that they were brought on them beyond their control. They were saying they were burning right this situation into a, a yes, addictive and, and low education and, and, the, uh, and being... Uh, Unability to get jobs and things. Almost like you, you've been doing this your whole life, but yet they need to know that there's programs and organizations around that are reaching out to them, but they have to make an effort. Yeah, it's a mad thing. And, you know, as we come up on a new year here, we can't do things that we, we did last year, the last few years, the last 10 years. I hear you. You know, those old processes, those old mindsets got to be passed away, and we're calling for a new thing, calling for something to be steadfast and unmovable and and and, and pliable. A lot of times we get frustrated on, on, on programs and ministry. We put things in place that's not 
uh, not workable. And I hear what you said. You you said some things here that are possible, that are workable, that we can't do it. I am so honored to be in a like-minded atmosphere. You see, oftentimes you can have a solution, uh, but if you're not the right presenter in the right environment, you can actually have your ideals just, you know, lost in an environment of non-compliance or non-desiring individuals who have the potential to change things. There's nothing more um, uh, uh, life-changing than when you have the political and business and social entities collaborating in one singular-minded initiative. And that initiative is how do we reduce gun violence. Our conversation, Minister Joe Lewis, has been exclusively on gun violence. We have not been um, uh, uh, spread thin with other agendas, other uh, topics. We have been single-mindedly focused on how do we reduce gun violence in our community. And let me conclude by saying again, as it relates to the Dallas community, the Honorable Congresswoman Bernice Johnson is a viable, a necessary, and a must too. We must contact her chief of staff. And if that chief of staff is not receptive to our needs, then we have a problem. I'll be in Dallas, Texas on, from uh, March 24th to the 27th. There's a, um, um, a Tanzanian uh, a conference there to which I, I do business overseas with the country of Tanzania. No, sir, I'm not a player. I want to be. So I got to make efforts to get there where I want to be. So I want to split my efforts in seeing if we could meet, if we can construct some type of correspondence between uh, Bernice Johnson, Congressman Johnson's uh, a liaison, so we can map, lay out the methodology for a congressional hearing. You've heard me say that no listening seven times. We need to have the congressional community of our congressmen, the Black Caucus, get up in a single-minded focus to deal with our issues as a black community. What is it for if it's not to adhere to us? But if we don't shake that tree, then nothing's going to come down. And I believe that we can shake the tree in Jesus' name that this thing is doable, this thing is necessary with the political uh, climate in our, in our country today, but Minister Joe Lewis, this is the time to bring a singular message in the midst of a multiple, massive communication, diffusion, confusion. No, no, no. We want to go and be like a specific heat-seeking missile aimed at the heart of addressing the reduction of gun violence in our community today. And if you're not with this agenda, you're against the agenda. Oh, that is so true. That is so true. Oh, I thank you for being a guest on the program. You definitely brought some things that have been on our mind and and on our heart, but we hadn't been addressing those things in a proper context. We feel like that we're all alone in a big sea of confusion and chaos, but yet there's a a voice uh, that's crying in the wilderness and telling us to prepare ourselves, make straight those crooked paths there. If people want to know more about you, want to continue to follow you, want to be a part of this, uh, this movement, what, how can they reach out to you, and what can uh, they do to uh, uh, keep up with what's going on? Thank you, sir. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at area code 404-680-7834. And please, because of telemarketers and, you know, these solicitors, you must screen your call, state your purpose, and I will return your call. My email address is in small letters, Jojo, J-O-E, J-O-E, L-O-U-I-S, the number one, at AOL.com. Our website is in construction. The whole um, process of being a so-called viable uh, business, when you are struggling, you can sometimes just barely keep your legal um, uh, identification alive. I'm talking about having the DUNS number, grants.gov, all this stuff. But it's coming. 
The most important thing is the message. Brother Joe Lewis, I want to thank you so very much for allowing me, a soldier in the community, the opportunity to voice and to announce the strategy necessary to end this stalemate of over 50 years since the death of Dr. King. Now is the time. Get behind this congressional inquiry to address the discriminatory practice by the Department of Justice, and we can do this. And that is so true. I want to thank you for being a guest on our weekly internet program. You are our first guest this year, year, but you won't be. Uh, you're not the only guest that's going to address these type of issues. But I want you to come back later to give us an update to keep us connected with what's going on. We do not want to drop the ball and leave it right here on the table. We're going to take it out of the studio and take it to the streets, as they say here. We want to thank you for what you're doing. We want to pray that you continue to uh, uh, get other people and other programs to be uh, to be embedded in what you're doing, because what you're doing is making a difference. You know, I, I have a website that says Help Change the Life. I like to think of you helping change the lives of a community, of a nation, of peoples, you know, black people in particular, brown people in particular, all those that are suffering from gun violence and the like of being representation here. As I do juvenile ministry, I, I know how young men, they struggling with their future. A lot of them don't think they have a future. A lot of them don't think they can even see tomorrow, but yet you have a voice you have a program, you have a strategy to address those issues. Thank you so Thank very you. much, sir. I just packed in. God bless you and the effort of our community. All right, God bless you. Thank you. And we'll be talking later. All right. This, it concludes our interview here with Joe Lewis, the project manager for Project Alpha. He's uh, from the great state of uh uh, from Chicago, Illinois, by uh, by Atlanta, he's come to here just to encourage us to be strong in the Lord. I'm looking forward to speaking with you again at a later date, and we're going to continue this line of format here. We're going to take a break here just for a moment and bring our next guest on, and you too could be a part of this great episode by calling numbers 310-982-4126, and you too can lend your voice to help change the life of someone. And so thank you very much, and looking forward to you continually to listen to this program here. listen to another great episode of Free on the Inside, your host, Mr. Joe Lewis, an uh, internet program to inform you and to encourage you, to challenge you to be out. You can, we just had a great guest that was on a while ago, uh, Mr. Joe Lewis, a, a community activist and a gun prevention violence specialist. So he was telling, telling us about things that are coming up. We ask you to uh, continue to listen to this program, continue to be informed, continue to be encouraging, and be about our father's business.
outwitted by a black man. Though the song is a fitting salute to a great inventor and African Americans in general, it only touches on the genius of Benjamin Banneker and the many hats he wore as a farmer, mathematician, astronomer, author, and land surveyor. But it was his clock invention that really propelled the reputation of Benjamin Banneker. Sometime in the early 1750s, Benjamin borrowed a pocket watch from a wealthy acquaintance, took the watch apart, and studied its components. After returning the watch, he created a fully functioning clock entirely out of carved wooden pieces, all at the young age of 21. The clock was amazingly precise and would keep on ticking for decades. As a result of the attention his self-made clock received, Banneker was able to start up his own watch and clock repair business. a person crunches into a potato chip, he or she is enjoying the delicious taste of one of the world's most famous snacks, a treat that might not exist without the contribution of black inventor George Crumb. Crumb, the son of an African-American father and a Native American mother, was working as a chef in the summer of 1853 when he accidentally invented the chip. It all began when a patron who ordered a plate of French fried potatoes sent them back to Crumb's kitchen because he felt they were too thick and soft. To teach the picky patron a lesson, Crumb sliced a new batch of potatoes as thin as he possibly could and then fried them until they were hard and crunchy. Finally, to top them off, he added a generous heaping of salt. But to Crumb's surprise, the dish ended up being a hit with the patron and a new snack was born. Years later, Crumb opened his own restaurant that had a basket of potato chips on every table. Though Crumb never attempted to patent his invention, the snack was eventually mass-produced and sold in bags, providing thousands of jobs nationwide. Generally, when people think of famous African-American inventors, one of the first names that comes to mind is George Washington Carver. Perhaps most famously, Carver discovered over 300 different uses for peanuts, including making cooking oil, axle grease, and printer's ink. Despite the positive impact George Washington Carver's inventions had on the South, the inventor never sought out glory. Instead, he continued to invent, discover, and teach in order to make the world a better place. Inscribed on his tombstone is the epitaph, he could have added fortune to fame, but caring for neither, he found happiness and honor in being helpful to the world. Many of the world's famous inventors only produced one major invention that garnered recognition and cemented their prominent status. But Garrett Augustus Morgan, one of the country's most successful African-American inventors, actually created two major inventions, the gas mask and the traffic signal. I hope you enjoyed that episode of uh, Black History. We're going to play some of those things from uh, throughout the month here to celebrate black history. If we come up on the uh, January the 15th to celebrate Martin Luther King Day here. Amen. But I just thought it would be fitting to our last uh, guest that was on there, uh, Mr. Uh, Joe Lewis, that how he was talking about how it's important for us to be involved in in changing the uh, the mindset of our leaders. How it's important for us to be involved in in this uh, gun violence and and uh, low employment and lack of education. How we too can make a difference, not only in the ballot box but also bring it to the forefront of our leaders and representatives here. And how he's how he's spearheading this here along with other people in his organization and how they are making a difference. And we're looking forward to him coming down here. And we talked to him one on one in a live setting. We're looking forward to having him to be a guest on our program once again. You too could call in to the program. That number is 310-982-4126. And our next guest is unavailable for right now. So what we're going to do is just going to uh, just inform you of what's been going on. We had a great year last year. We're going to continue to do it. And I just got a, 
uh, okay from the uh, juvenile department, which I'm associated with over at Cottrell Houses, a juvenile facility for young men, and they're going to allow us to come in and bring in some life skill courses. One of the courses that we did last year, one of the programs we did last year, we set up a community garden. And uh, I, little did I know that this garden was going to take out. These young men have been incarcerated. These young men are gangbangers. They are, uh, they are robbers. They've done all things that uh, they done things that, uh, that locked them out of society, but yet they found the heart and the passion to want to work in this here garden. And I got to thinking, I said, our young men and women, they just want somebody to just show some interest in them. They want someone to teach them some skills. As Joe was saying earlier, our last guest there, that we, we need our leaders, our elders to step up to the plate here. You know, some young men, they drive a car, but they don't know how to maintain a car. They don't know how to change a flat. You know, something as simple as that. Who knows what that may be? We, you heard a while ago about how these inventors, about the guy that did the lay potato chip, he just decided to cut it real thin. And little did he know that it was going to take out, but he didn't get credit for it because he didn't have anybody, an elder, to uh, tell him to inform him, hey, you need to be, uh, you need to put this thing in order to make some money off of it. We realized that in that day and time, we as black people didn't have many rights to things, but today is different. Today we are leaders. Today we are entrepreneurs. Today we are uh, designers and engineers and doctors, and the sky's the limit. If I tell our young men, a lot of love to play video games. And I tell them, I say, hey, not only do you play the video game, but you also can design a video game. You can do graphics. You don't have to be a, a very gifted and talented thing no more. They got computers to do those things, but you still need to know the basics. And you still need to know the basics. And as I was sharing with them about that garden, and, and you know, and we uh, did the garden last year, it's been a year now, and, and the garden grew. And, and it grew abundant with fruit. We had peppers and tomatoes and onions and, and squash and even watermelon. And we and, and we planted those things, and they started budding up. We planted some pre-grown plants, and then we did some seedlings. And everything grew. And the young man said, wow, I didn't realize that every day that we put our hands to do, it, it worked. And I said, hey, little do you know that the career that you choose and the things that you set your mind to do, if you do it unto our Heavenly Father, our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, it should be prosperous and it should grow. And I told him about this portion of the scripture in Psalms 31, uh, Psalms 1. And it says, Blessed is the man that don't run around with the ungodly, don't, don't sit in the seat of the scornful, but, but put his delight in the word of the Lord, and he meditates on them day and night. And whatever he do shall prosper. And they, and they eyes lit up because it was in writing. It wasn't right. I just wasn't telling them something they weren't familiar with. And it said that whatever he do shall prosper, and he shall be like that tree planted by the rivers of water, and he shall bring about its fruit in due season. You know, our, our young people, they try to bring about fruit before they season. They want to get the, the money before they season. They want to accomplish things before they season. But we as elders, we that have been through the fire, we that have been broken down, then build back up through the word of God and through men of God that's telling us, hey, yeah, you did it this way, but now do it like this. And we could and show them about being successful. And, you know, success don't just come from money. Success don't come from recognition. It comes Success comes from God and doing things that are honorable and pleasing to God. You know, back to the Bible, in Luke 2.52, it said, Jesus found favor with God and man. When you had a favor of God, surely you get the favor of man. You know, our guest was talking about how he set up uh, programs and ministries and, and, and how he's a grant writer. You know that the favor that he gets comes from God, but God also gives him the favor of, of men so he can embed his knowledge into that into uh, their program so he can be successful not only for him and his family but also for the community and the nation. So I encourage you, never give up on God, and God will never give up on you. And back to our garden at the Juvenile Center. You know, this year the Juvenile Center said, man, you've done such a great job on the garden, and the young people like it. We want you to continue that. And I told them, I said, hey, you know, we just did some, uh, we just did a little simple garden, and we put some uh, mason, uh, we put some bricks around it, and you know, just for a, a liner, a border. And then we put some uh, bedding in there so the weeds wouldn't grow up in the garden. They said, well, yeah, that was great. Uh, we want to continue to do that. I said, yeah, but this time we're gonna paint. Uh, we're gonna put a little, little artwork on the garden so the young men can 
because hey, take ownership. Our young people want to have, they want to uh, take pride in the stuff that they do. And I said, yeah, we want to make a banner of this time to name the God. They said, what you want to name it? I said, I don't know. I knew, but I wanted them to take ownership of the God. I realized that we don't have to have the answer to everything. Let other people be involved in it. For one place and one water, and God gets the increase. You know, sometimes people want to say, I'm the orchestrator of this here. Everything goes through me. Guess what? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. And so you have to realize that. And so, and I, you know, in my own little mind, I was thinking about the garden and saying that we grow, not just uh, not just fruits and vegetables, but we grow people. If you ought to be able to say you grow people, in whatever ministry you do or whatever you do, say I grow people. Because somebody helped you grow. You didn't get to where you are overnight. Someone helped you. I guess talk about it was other people that mentored him. It was other people that he was under their leadership and guided and allowed him to do what he's doing today. And I like to think that uh, that I'm helping somebody along the way. I do mentoring. And I mentor guys, and some guys are very successful, and some of, uh, the, some of them fall to the wayside. It wasn't ain't about mentoring. You do the best you can and let God get the, uh, do the rest and God get the glory. And, and I was mentoring a guy, uh, several guys one time. And I've been doing this for a number of years. One guy told me, man, you, you, you're not a good mentor. I, I learned anything from you. I just don't even like this situation. I'm going to do something else. And I said, well, brother, I hate you. You said I hate you feel that way. And then so he went on out, and, and he had a little mental success, and he failed. And he failed, and he and he found himself right back in that same situation again. He came to me and said, "Brother, I was wrong. Brother, you were the best thing that had that I, that was working for me at that time. But because of my disobedience, because of my hard headed, because of my stubbornness, I thought I could do this on my own. And I got to thinking, you know, that was me one time. That was you one time. That was us." Sometimes we we be blessed and we uh, have a measure of success. We start getting a big headed. But yet, if you got a faithful mentor, if you got a faithful steward in your life here, and someone that allow you to, hey, okay, go on out there. I'm here for you, though, if you fall. And sometimes they may not have the ability to come back to tell you they made a mistake, but they realize that they made a mistake. And this brother came back and he said, man, I want you to be my mentor again. And this brother, he went on and he was successful. He completed the program he was in. And, you know, and and and, and, and I just said, well, Lord, thank you for uh, me continually to do it. Because after he left me, I continued to mentor. I mentored several other guys. And he used to see me doing the same thing I was doing with him, with other people. And literally, I know that it was touching his heart. Sometimes you just continue to do what God put in your hands to do, and it makes a difference in someone's life. Sometimes you don't have to say nothing to a person, but the way you carry yourself, the way you interact with people in situations, it draws other people to you. Our guest this morning, Joe Lewis, a community activist and a gun prevention strategist, he was telling us that he continually to do what God put to his heart to do and continually to knock on doors, continually to encourage people. And get, eventually it will come around. Here he is now. He's in Atlanta, but he's talking to me here in Dallas. And he said he's coming to Dallas. And when he comes here, he's going to make a difference. Someone's life is going to be changed here. And not only here in Dallas, but in Atlanta and wherever he go, while he's sharing this here now. But it's up to us to uh, to apply this uh this information that he gave us. It's up to us to make a difference. You know, he can tell us a lot of good things and give us a lot of uh, uh, ideas and strategies and points, bullet points to work with, but we have to be able to apply it. And that's what I try to do when I do the juvenile ministry, when I do the jail ministry. I talk to men that's been in jail three or four times. I said, wait a minute. Now, you don't have to continue this route. This may be your last time. You done heard all this. You done been through all this. But what's keeping you from being successful? And then I share with our elderly guys because they know about the Bible. I tell them about Abraham, how Abraham didn't have a relationship with God, but when he heard the voice of God, and God told him some days, and he had probably been pondering on those days that it changed his mind. And Abraham was 75 years old, and he got up, and he and he changed his, his surroundings. What is keeping you from changing your surroundings? You have not missed out on anything. The scripture said, if God be for you, who could be against you? So I encourage you 
never give up on God, and God will never give up on you. This is our first show, show for the new year. We pray that you enjoy it. I'm looking forward to uh, continue this line of communication, this line of topic, this line of discussion. I'm looking forward to the guests that God is going to bring on. You know, God is our program director, and so he brings on men and women, educated, uneducated, skilled, skillful, unskilled, he just bring on people because that's what it makes up. It makes up. That's what society is. It makes up a, a group of people here. Amen. And so I'm gonna break here just for a minute. We're gonna listen to some more music, and then I'll be back with you and uh, close out this episode of Free on the Inside.
to Free on the Inside. I'm, I'm your host, Mr. Joy Lewis, and we have a very special addition to our show. We're going to continue to celebrate Black Awareness or January, February. To me, is Black History Month. Everybody is Black History Month, but we're going to have a uh, young lady, uh, Zakaya Lewis, is going to read a couple of poems from a book of poetry here. So please sit back, relax, enjoy. Black Gumbo from Vera Square. Black-Eyed Susie. Black-Eyed Susie, her eyes were as black as the night, shining through God's perfect light. The smog that ramped through the city of Skyline was caused by the hurricane that turned the city upside down. Susie's eyes were as black as the night as she crawled her way out of the terrible sight. Black-Eyed Susie. In James' eyes, in James' eyes he opened wide to see the stage of events that began to capitalize on the things that remained after the hurricane. In James' eyes, he counted his loss and paid the cost of all the things that remained after the hurricane. In James' eyes, he found strength and gathered the things that remained after the hurricane. In James' eyes, he just knew, as he lifted his eyes to the one that's true and gathered everything he had left after the hurricane. You just read Black Gumbo from Vera Square. Thank you, Alessandra Zakaya uh, Lewis. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, that was a great, that was a great two rendition of, of poetry there, and that was from a, one of our guests here, uh, Vera Squire, Black Gumbo, the healing of a city in ruins, and she was a, a, a transplant from uh, New Orleans to Dallas, and she was a part of that hurricane Katrina, and through uh, what she had done uh, through her life experience, she wrote it. Uh, she wrote a, a book of poetry, not only one book of poetry, but two books of poetry and a short story. And so I was just thinking about the things that we encounter, the things that we go through. It, it could be our mission, it could be our breakthrough, it could be a comfort and an assurance to someone else. So don't ever be frustrated about what you're doing to like of, because the like of you going through something may allow someone else to be successful in things. Yes, you have the right and the ability. You know, our theme is saying help change your life, not in your name, not in your ability, but in Jesus' name. A show is called Free on the Inside. Just think about that. You have that freedom to be successful. You have those freedoms to live with the choices you made. You have those freedoms to do the right thing. You have those freedom to say, I go on in spite of everything. And I like to think of what Jesus told him. He said, when the, who the son said free is free indeed. You know, I've been held hostage by my lack of education about my inability to accomplish something, but yet when I knew where my help come from, I was able to soar above those things. That I was able to be successful in my own mind, my own heart, to the things that I accomplished. I encourage you upon this here dying of a new year to be involved in someone's life, to help change your life in Jesus' name. As we get ready to wind out this program, you'll listen to another great episode of Free on the Inside. We had a great guest on this morning here. We ask you to go back and listen to this show its entirety. Be encouraged. Uh, our guest this morning was uh, was Joe Lewis. He's, uh, he's a community activist and a gun prevention violence, and he's also uh strategist, amen, and he got some things that's in the works here. And so we ask you to... Uh, Continue to uh, 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 to follow this program. Go back and listen to the program in its entirety. And as we get ready to get out of here, we want to thank you once again for being a part of what we're doing. And tell somebody there's a little other internet program that's making a difference in the life of the community, and you too could be a part of it. As we get ready to get on out of here, we're gonna have a word for our gracious heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for another day that's not promised to. We thank you, dear Lord. For, uh, for the things that we encounter, We didn't like it, Lord, but you, you said you would never put no more on us that we can bear. The Lord, we pray for our guest this morning. The Lord, you continue to give him a mind, said, dear Lord, to do the thing that you put his heart on. You give, you build him up. You strengthen him, dear Lord. You allow other men and women to walk beside him and encourage him, dear Lord. How he said it's time for the elders to take their rightful place, dear Lord. A lot of us, dear Lord, we feel like that we're useless. And I shared about Abraham, 75 years old, Lord, and you still use him. Can you use us? In such a time as this, the Lord keep us in your keeping power. Watch over us until, we, uh, until we're able to gather together again on this Internet program. We pray this thing in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
this concludes the end, uh, our broadcast free on the inside. We'll be back with you with another great episode. Please stay tuned. Go to our Facebook page, uh, Free on the Inside Lewis, and see what else God is doing. God bless you. Thank you very much. Till we meet again, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might.